Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hope you guys are doing well. Um, my name is Mr. <laughs> my name is Jason Line, Mr. America, the Beard of Truth, as I go by. Um, I want to thank you guys for for being here. Um, it's been it's been a while. Let's be honest, right? It's been a while. It's been two weeks. So thank you guys for coming in. Thank you guys for for popping around and uh, joining in with the beard tonight. I've got a jam packed filled show for you guys. I've got an abundance. Of stories and information that we have to go through in order to make sure that we get all of the big stories out there that we need to get covered. Um, we're going to be talking about a lot of things such as the Alabama bill, the Missouri bill, uh, Colorado, working with a private company in order to write uh, condemnations. Um, we're also going to be talking about Trump and the tariff wars. Um, also, uh, Trump circumventing the Congress today in order to um, get $8 billion in, in weapons sales. We'll talk about that and a whole butt ton of other stuff. I don't know if I could say butt ton, but I'm going to say butt, butt ton. Um, and uh, so we've got quite a bit of stuff to get through. The Alabama bill said, said that, Kyung Ju. Um, so we'll get through that. We're also going to get into... Uh, the Equality Act, what's going on there. Twitter just banned two people today, and there's not really that much outrage from the right. So, uh, obviously, it was a lefty getting hit on that. Um, we'll get into that. We missed the period. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I missed you all as well. We're also going to talk about subsidies coming on here in this country, you know, because we got to, we got to, after punching yourself in the face, you got to make it a little bit softer on yourself. So, we'll get that, of course, will be with the tariff discussion. And uh, Justin Amash. Got a lot of blowback this week. 
And uh, so we got to get into the facts and into the situation there. Oh, man. And we're we're still not done. We're still not done with the topic. So we've got an abundance of things that we're going to be covering today. And so I want to thank you guys for taking a little bit of time out of your, your busy schedules to hop in here with me, Mr. Murica, the Bearded Truth, on the Muddy Waters um, media platform, where, of course, we have to give thanks to. Thank you for allowing me to use your platform, Muddy Waters, in order to give my views, my opinions, and, and uh, exercise my freedom of speech. So thank you guys over there um, for giving me this opportunity. And thank you guys all for, for coming in, for liking, for subscribing, um, to hitting the notification bell over there on YouTube, and, and just getting involved. Getting involved there in the comment section. Uh, regardless of whatever platform it is, you can see it popping up there on the left if you guys are tuning in live. If you guys are getting this on the podcast thing, make sure you guys are tuning in, right? It's Mondays and Fridays here with me, Mr. Merck of the Beard of Truth. Uh, around 7 p.m. Eastern, you can find us on Facebook, on YouTube, on Periscope, on Twitter. Um, and then, of course, the podcast apps. We are anywhere and everywhere, basically. Um, find us on iTunes. Find us on Anchor, Anchor FM. Go ahead and tune in on over there. You'll be able to, to get every show, um, whether it's my shows Mondays and Fridays or Tuesdays with Muddy Waters of Freedom, that's Spike and Matt, or whenever Spike is running his own show on Wednesdays at My Fellow Americans, and then Thursday with Matt in the Writer's Block. So we have a lot of a lot of content coming at you guys from a lot of different platforms. So make sure you guys are uh, staying in touch with all of us following day in and day out to keep up on the news keep on with what's going on and of course if you guys want to get a shirt that says um the f in communism stands for food you can find us over there on amazon we do have the muddy waters uh muddy waters of freedom clothing line now so you guys can go ahead and uh, be patrons of of this platform and help out and spread the joy um I, we've got plenty of of shirts that will be coming up in the future uh, thanks to Matt and Spike for their creativity on that. So now that we've got the big hubbub out of the way, we've got all of the uh, the much needed uh, points of, of discussion out there, we can move on to talking about what it is that's going on in the world and all of the politics and social issues to make sure that we, the people, stay involved and uh, keep up to date. So thank you guys all for, for bearing with me on that. <clears throat> I want to start off with this one. On Saturday, last Saturday, so almost a week ago, a uh, Mississippi lawmaker allegedly punched his wife. Uh, this is Representative Doug McLeod. Now, this is... These are allegations right now, but I'm going to give you guys what the authorities had said during the situation. And it's kind of telling that, uh, you know, it's not, uh, it's not a big hubbub. But this... The entire... The entire situation with this um, really does make you wonder, like how this is, how this is not bigger news, and why the media hasn't been jumping all over this. Um, so authorities were alerted to go over to the house of the representative, and when they showed up, uh, Doug, Mister Mister Doug, Representative Doug McLeod, um, was drunk, holding a glass of alcohol, and. Uh, was was zigzagging and having to hold on to the rail. So the man appeared to be quite intoxicated. Um, from the reports, from the wife who had a bloody nose, 
from the authorities seeing that there was blood on the bed as well as on, uh, around the the bedroom um this seems like a pretty pretty quick case now the representative was arrested released on bail bond the next day for a thousand dollars um the wife did not go by ambulance to to seek medical treatment but she did say her daughter will be taking her there to ensure that um the the authorities will have reports but the whole entire reason yes the beard is back the entire reason why this situation went down where you have potentially allegedly a member of congress attacking his wife and uh physically assaulting her was because he wanted to have sexual intercourse with her and she was not going quick enough so he didn't rape her um he he didn't rape her he just beat her because he wasn't having sexual intercourse with her so of course right disgusting behavior whether it was rape whether it was just sexual assault or or i guess in this one just allegedly assault um this should have been making much bigger news because if you're mad that your wife isn't getting it on with you quick enough is it, it you have to wonder you have to wonder if it's just because you know you wouldn't be able to last that long Regardless on who it is, you, just the excitement's overbearing, and and uh, you you shoot your load a little bit too quickly. Um, so maybe maybe time was a factor for him, and and you know my apologies to him and his wife if that that happens to be the case. But in no way, in no way is this um, need closed captioning. <laughs> we 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 can work on the closed captioning. Um, but in no way is this acceptable, tolerable, and, and I'm kind of upset that the media hasn't been jumping on a, a bigger on a bigger soapbox about this, especially right after the Me Too movement, right after we had um you know, the left wing coming after the right wing for, for the stupid things that, that many people on the right have done, and the right wing going after the left people or the left wing for all the stupid things that they've done or egregious um on both sides. That this wasn't this this didn't even hit the news, right? What was more important than this? What was more important than an actual representative, somebody who represents multiple people, not just himself, um, beating his, potentially beating his wife or allegedly beating his wife? Um, what was bigger news than that? Well, of course, we have to argue about transportation. Um, or, sorry, we have to talk about Colorado putting in a transportation ban, a state if you are being funded by the public, by taxpayer money, then you are not being able to, to move over there to Alabama. We have to talk about Hollywood and their heartfelt virtue signaling about how they're not going to go to Georgia and they're not going to go to Alabama. They're not going to go to these pro-life states. Um, those are bigger discussions. Um, meanwhile, tensions in Iran is building up. Right. And, and absolutely. Absolutely. Right. The Iran thing is a big deal. But but what we're more focused on is is it acceptable? Is it tolerable? Are we allowed to, as a culture, to end the lives of, of people within within the womb of others? That's been the big point of contention. And so we will um, we will get into that. We will dive into that story a little bit later. Um, we will get into the entire abortion hubbub, and, and I will encourage all of you guys. I have the calling number open right now. Um, I will encourage all of you guys, if you guys have views, you guys got something you guys would like to bring up during that topic or during other topics, drop a comment. Let me know. Hey, I want to call in. I want to talk about this. I will open up that phone line for you guys. Um, 
But towards the end, I, w- I do want to finish up the show with the abortion topic. And so get get your uh, Alabama bills out there. Get your Missouri bills out there. Get your Ohio bills out there. Get your New York bills out there. And let's let's have a good uh, discussion about that at towards the end of the show. But in the interim, we have to talk about we have to talk about a two year old. There was a two year old little little Miss Alex, Alex Hill that was killed. She was killed by her foster parents, and the entire premise behind this was why was she with foster parents? Why was she pulled away from her families? Was was, was her dad, um, her mom and dad in the prison system? No. Were they people that were going out there and just being destructive and and you know just absolute criminals in some way in some fashion or uh, committing atrocities against others? No. The mother in in this situation she had seizures, and the father recreationally or medicinally utilized marijuana after the daughter was uh would go to sleep at night and so little miss um little miss alex hill did end up getting pulled out by a uh social worker from her home and being put into foster care now during this foster care she did go um she lived with uh cheryl small and her husband and July 2013, Cheryl took the life of Alex Hill. Now, the way that she did this, um, the way that she did this was through just blunt force trauma. She had actually had beaten um, Alex so so badly that she had been uh, the trauma to her head. Uh, she was hemorrhaging on the brain. She was hemorrhaging uh, in both eyes um she she had bruising all around her body now the reason why this happened was because marijuana has been in cannabis or whatever you want to call it the mary janes the 420 the kush whatever you want to call it the sticky ickies kind of one of my favorites um that was deemed to be bad enough in order to pull a daughter from from her parents, who was reported as by even the caseworker as being healthy and happy with the family, with the parents. So you took them out. So the state comes in and decides that you are too reprehensible. Um, you are you're a dis- disgusting person by by utilizing marijuana. That we're going to pull your child away from you and where they put them to. Um, Mrs. Small's husband is a recovering crack addict who admitted to multiple drug charges. So let's just let's let's just think about this for a second. Marijuana, let's rip your kids away from you. Crack addict, it's okay. We're gonna we'll go ahead and let you have this other person's kid. Don't worry. We know that you guys went through a lot of of pain and heartache. You guys went through nine months of pregnancy for this kid. You guys are actually going to genuinely care about this kid a little bit more than those people that I don't know smoke the pots. They inject the marijuanas. Um, and so this this young little girl moves in and is killed. Tragic, 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 uh, horrible situation where a two-year-old is killed because the state thought that the Mary Janes, the injecting of the marijuanas, um, means that you're unfit. But go ahead, smack that crack. Go, go, go smack the white... Uh, Check. I will. I will use the PC or the the, the more family friendly term for that. 
Um, but it just it just reeks of of the state being too involved in the lives. Injecting the marijuanas. Yes, if you inject the marijuanas, you instantly become addicted. Um, and and from the way that the reports have gone, right? If you are a person of color, if you're a person of minority, you go after the white women's. Um, if you if you touch the marijuanas, you suddenly um, have hallucinogens. You you know you just you you transform into a whole separate being, as the reports go, which is exactly why. This uh, caseworker. Thank God I only smoked the meths. <laughs> uh, all right, I want to read through the comment section and we'll, we'll we'll progress on. Jason sounds like domestic violence. Yes. Uh, so I watch all these pro-life abortions from dudes. How come girls don't make them? Uh, must have been the roses. That's a good question. Why is it that um, pro-life abortions from dudes? I believe that you were talking about pro-life um abortion videos or discussions disputing it um there was actually was a great article if you guys know who squiggly line guy is you guys need to check him out if you guys have not uh he wrote a really good article where he was actually reaching out to grab pro-life women and to grab quotes from them and threw them into a beautiful article i've shared that on my facebook page um and, and sharing that because it's there's actually is more women that i've seen that are are adamant about being the pro-life movement and and certainly that's that's something um that it's not just the dudes that are on that side. How come girls aren't making pro life scopes? Just dudes. I, I I don't know. I can't control the women. That, that's not something I'm in favor of. I'm re- it's really surprising. He's Republican too. The media loves reporting on Republican misconduct, and he beat his wife for not having sex fast enough. How was that not blasted all over? Exactly. Exactly right, Spike. Um, alcohol's legal. So, in my opinion, weed should be. I don't smoke or drink neither. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm of the ilk. I'm of the the mindset that all drugs should be legalized so that we can actually help people who are addicted, who are utilizing. Um, instead of treating them like criminals, we treat them with a with an addiction problem. We treat them with somebody who has a a problem potentially, and we can help provide an avenue for them to get help and to be able to to make themselves um, better. You can't inject marijuana. That's news to me. Uh, weren't the legislators who wrote the Georgia bill all women? Uh, I am not familiar with uh, who it was. I, I'm so far out of the identity politics that uh, I don't even care if it's if it's a man or a woman, if it's a white person, a person of color, whatever it is, whoever is doing it. I look at the content of it um, that I'm, I'm not sure um, it potentially could have been. All right. <clears throat> so. The Krasenstein brothers. If you guys know who the Krasenstein brothers are, um, if you guys don't know who they are, if you go in <laughs> prior to this week, if you would have gone anywhere, absolutely anywhere on Trump's feed on Twitter, you would have found them. They are the brothers that are uh, in lockstep with one another, and they tweet at each other on the reply section of Donald Trump's tweets and other uh, right-wing uh, voices, talking heads. And and so it's fine to be on the left. It's fine to be outspoken as they were. Um, they they made a lot of accusations. I know one of the brothers, I believe it was Ed, Ed Krasenstein, the one with the bigger, uh, the bigger following. He was about 900,000 followers there on Twitter. He had said that if the Mueller report does not indict President Trump, then his account would be, uh, he would, he would, uh, shut down his Twitter account. 
And uh, after the Mueller report dropped, he remained on it and he said, look, I don't have to keep up my word and that's fine. It's okay. But Twitter comes along and says, no, 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 bro. We are going to take care of your account. And because you're such a, a, a person of low interest to us we're also going to take out your brother so now we have both of the brothers ed and brian krasenstein have been permanently banned off of uh the twitters off the twitter platform and so i'm i I have to applaud them for a quick second because they have remained consistent on being okay with this our stance this is a quote from them our stance still remains the same twitter as a private company has every right to ban whoever they choose including us so they're on board with this. They're, they're, they want Twitter to actually publicly uh, point out the problems that they did, the, the violations of the terms and services, in order to um, either point out that Twitter's messing up and just going after them because they were too big of a following or whatever it is. Um, the justifications from Twitter on this was the fact that uh, they – well, the alleged facts that they not only were handling multiple accounts, which is against Twitter's terms and conditions, but they were also paying for interactions. So, um, hey, you you hit the like button, I'll give you five cents. I'll give you ten cents. You 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 know, we've got plenty of tweets. You hit the likes a bunch of times, we will get you that. And so you you farm out your likes, you farm out your retweets, and and you build up your platform in that way. Um, you really make yourself look more of of somebody of value uh, more than what you are by doing that. And so both of those things are against Twitter's terms and conditions or terms of services. And so now they're having to fight against that. And uh, it's, it's always interesting. It's always uh, interesting to see people getting removed and to see how the, how the backlash of the left and backlash of the right really comes through and and how that all gets involved. Um, But I do have to agree with them, right? This is Twitter's platform. And when Twitter decides that they don't want to provide a service or a good to somebody else, they don't have to to provide them with that. I have no problem with that. I think that this is the grounds where we we try to utilize the free market. We utilize uh, the smartness of the people that are out there because I don't believe that the people that are running Twitter, that are running Facebook, that are running Instagram, that are running Snapchat or whatever social media platform is out there, I don't think that they – should have a monopoly on this and and certainly when government gets more involved on the legislation on on you know things like um putting back in net neutrality or whatever kind of regulation or burden or any law that they put in they prevent competition but while we still have what we have this should be a demand this should be a drive that we should be moving towards building up new platforms and having um, more areas for us to express our voices and hopefully as more platforms come out we're able to actually push out free speech platforms much like what gab.ai did last year or was it the year before um, we need to, we need to have some pretty heavy pushes that way we need to to open up and to allow more speech and allow more things and and so you know terms and conditions like that um, while I can I understand the mindset of why that's wrong and why why that uh, a platform would disagree with that right making yourself artificially bigger than others um, it it doesn't have to be that way and and so uh there another another lefty getting banned off of the twitters we'll see if they they get hit on other platforms um i i I really don't see it but nonetheless this is not another call for uh government getting involved all right 
<sighs> Women want to control my uterus. Yes, Spike, I want to control that uterus. Uh, how's your best friend doing there, Spike? I mean, if you crumble it up and put it under some water and mix it around and put a needle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Injecting the marijuana still. Uh, sounds like a fulfilling life. It was bad, man. How do you feel about the push to make a public utility like phone lines? Um, I disagree with it. I disagree with publicizing anything, with nationalizing anything, with, uh, with whatever it is that you want to say where it's a common um, a common thing where where it's... So the problem when it comes to this entire topic of, of what do we do with the internet because it's unlike the roads, because it's unlike... Um, electric or whatever it is because of just the 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 way that it's it's transferred from from the public from the housing from communities and everything else there's a lot of issues where the infrastructure there has to be upgraded has to be changed out and so are we going to give that entire platform over to the government and say look you're going to have to maintain these cables you're going to have to lay down fiber once once that technology is available to everyone you have to provide us with this that and the other do you think that that's the best way and if you think that's the best way i would encourage you to come down here to south carolina check out our roads and 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 check out any of our roads other than florence and you'll be like all right they do a crappy job of 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 applying this, of, of implementing these programs or these ideas or this infrastructure. I don't want them to do that with my internet. So I, I, I think on that way, I would much rather stay with the free market. I want to see it actually be opened up. I want to, I want to see some of the protections and the controls over uh, the infrastructure there um, of the grids and all that, the ISPs. I want to see that opened up. I want to see it become freer and allow for more competitors to get involved. Yes, it is one of those uh inherent markets where the bottom line or or the 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 initial hurdle to get in is quite a bit higher and i think that's even if we were to have an absolute free market that would still be inherent there um but i would rather have more internet service providers rather than fewer (laughs) my roads (laughs) (coughs) yes um Oh, I missed it. I can't believe I missed it. While we're talking about uh, Twitter bans, I, I, I referenced it a second ago. So Spike Cohen, there in the YouTubes right now, handling the comment section there. He has been banned off of Facebook for 30 days for imitating a boomer. And I must say, um, his age is really showing because his boomer impersonation is spot on. If you guys have never interacted with a boomer there on Facebook land and, and the Twitter feeds, it is somebody that will use, utilize all capitalizations, misspell every other word, and uh, just basically go straight from, I'm a much more superior person than you, you're inferior, and uh, you will be smitten. You will be smited. Whatever the term might be. Smitted. Um... And so Spike is 30 days on his band, so his best friend is back in action, uh, and everyone loves Mr. Russell Shackleford. So, getting around the Zuckerberg, having a good old time, that's what Spike Cohen's about. And uh, you know who's not about having a good time? The UK. So, over there in the UK, uh, this last week, there was a, there was a crime being committed. A crime against society, a crime against the government, when a man walking down the street decided, I'm going to cover my face. And the reason why he covered his face, the reason why he covered his face, was because there was a surveillance van driving around the streets. 
uh, in wonderful land of the UK. And they were taking pictures for facial recognition purposes. And so this individual puts his shirt and pulls it up over his face in order to cover him. Am I on two periscopes? I am, Chessy Colonna. And as a result, the police go and find this traitor, this absolutely disgusting individual. How dare you cover your face? And, and they, they come up and they attempt to arrest him and they end up fining this dude. This individual was fined $115 or 90 pounds for covering his face. And you know what they still did? Not only did they fine him, but they also snapped the picture right in front of him. Right, right, th- right then and there. So what the government is saying, nah, you've done us wrong. Pay us your money, peasant. And we're still going to get what we want. And if you refuse this time, we'll double it. We'll triple it. Those of you who like the uh, national IDs, those of you who like a national registration or like the surveillance program or like the the Patriot Act, the National Defense Authorization Act of 2012 or 2002, I apologize. Um, All of these things, if you guys guys like those things, right, you would be on the side of saying, oh, yeah, if you cover your face on the streets, out in public, you, you covered your face. What a disgusting person. You deserve this fine. Deserve this fine? Mm. No, absolutely not. You have a freedom of walking down the street and not being harassed by police here in America. Um, they have to actually expect you of committing a crime. And and what's sad is, regardless of the society, even here in America, where you there doesn't have to be a victim for there to be a crime. And uh, I had shared this video. But there was a police department in Oregon where two female officers stop an individual on a skateboard. And the man's not resisting, not doing anything at all. But during this interaction, uh, they rip off his book bag and they start to handcuff him. Looks like he was in a college campus area. And they start to arrest him. And one of the people standing nearby... One of the people standing right next to the situation who's recording the situation says, what did he do? The police respond with, he was jaywalking. Ooh, ooh, not jaywalking. Don't tell me he was jaywalking. On the streets, on those busy streets of, of Oregon, he was jaywalking and so not concerned with his own safety. He could have poked an eye out. He could have started World War III. And he needed to be arrested. Absolutely. When you, when you have something as stupid as, as jaywalking, and that's a reason to be detained, are you being arrested for your safety? Or what is the premise of this? What, what is honestly the premise that you're going to detain somebody? Prevent somebody from, from freely traveling because they freely traveled across the road, not where you told them that they could. Oh, these victimless crimes are just ridiculous. We really need to fundamentally look at the laws in our country, whether it's the locality laws or if it's at the federal level. We need to look at these and actually handle them because they're not... They're not in any way benefiting us. They're just merely a revenue plot or ploy. Um, Just absolutely horrible. All right. 
Flawless segue. Thank you, Spike. That's what I'm here for. Uh, if it pleases the crown, may I be exempt from your Terminator registration? <laughs> no, it does not please the crown. You shall pay us and give us the picture again. The nerve hang him for his own good. Absolutely. That's insane. That's nuts. Welcome in. Welcome in, Pat. Welcome in. Trucking with Norm. If you guys haven't been following Trucking with Norm, follow him. He will see you down the road. Always a fantastic time. A very logical and constitutional thinker. Um, shout out to Trucking with Norm. All right. <clears throat> I want to go to some news from today. So over the week, there's been a, a rumor. There's been tremors. Um, there's been a scuttlebutt, if you will, if I can use a nautical term with you guys. That the president was about to declare another national emergency. Another national emergency in order to protect this country, in order to help make sure that the American citizens were more safe, that we would be able to sleep at night with all of our rights and freedoms intact. If this national emergency had to happen, and and sure enough today, just a... Just a couple hours, just a couple hours before I, I went live today, uh, it broke free. The, the, the national emergency declaration has come through. So President Trump now has another de- declaration of, of a national emergency. And, and this one, again, just brings me back to the point that the National Security or the National Emergencies Act of 1973 needs to be destroyed. It needs to be abolished. It needs to be ripped out. Because the entire premise of this, the premise, the intent of this national emergency is to say, look, Iran's tensions are growing. We've got some concerns there. The people of Iran don't want to fight with us. The American people don't want to fight with them. Nobody wants to fight with each other. But the governments are saying, "Mm, can we do it? Do we want to do it? Of course, you got John Bolton in there. The mustachio, uh, he's he's saying, look, there's there's brown people there. and, And I like bombing brown people. Could we topple the regime? Could we nation build for the rest of ever? What can we do with Iran? I've got boots. I've got troops. Let's put them on the ground. Um, So far, Trump has been kind of wishy-washy on this. But nonetheless, with the Iran situation building up, with it boiling and simmering, and and Trump saw a, a, a plan of action. So he executes the national emergency, and a part of this, he is circumventing Congress. So he declared a national emergency for the tensions with Iran, swept aside objections from Congress on Friday to complete the sale of over $8 billion worth of weapons to Saudi Arabia, United States of Emirates, and, and Jordan. So he's bypassed congressional review of major weapon sales, which is the precedent. And as you guys know me, I don't care much about precedents, but he's bypassing Congress nonetheless. And um, this, this is just one more time. This is just one more event. This is one more occurrence in which the president is selling weapons of – actually, I'll, I'll pull them up. I'll give you guys the specifics on these. Um, so (laughs) 
So we are selling, uh, they include Raytheon Precision Guided Munitions, PGMs, support for Boeing Company F-15 aircraft, and Javelin anti-tank missiles, which are made by Raytheon and Lockheed Martin Corporation. Other companies will benefit include General Electric, now General Electric, now cleared to sell engines for the use of the F-16 fighter jets operated by the UAE and the U.S. Uh, unit of French firm Thales, which was cleared to sell a fusing system for Pavway for precision-guided bombs to Britain and the United States of Emirates. So with this, with this, what do we expect whenever we give Saudi Arabia weapons? What do we expect whenever we give any support, military support to Saudi Arabia? What we should expect and what has been happening since 2015 is that President Trump is making these sales just the same way Obama did, and these weapons are going to be utilized in order to help push and to advance and to continue the genocide being attempted there in Yemen. This is the exact thing that Congress had passed and Trump had vetoed. His second veto was to denounce what is going on there in Yemen by Saudi Arabia. To say, no, we don't continue to support this. We get out of supporting an attempted genocide. Now, there are many people out there that believe that because of the petrodollar, because of of familiarity and because of past relationships, that we do not get a stand on the ground of saying we do not take part in terrorism or attempted genocides. That we cannot take that stance because it would be destructive to our economy, because it would be destructive to our way of life. And they have bought into this notion that as long as we have the petrodollar being backed by the U.S. dollar, as long as we have that, there is nothing that we can do against Saudi Arabia. And so we openly advocate and we openly call it a national emergency in order to make the sale of $8 billion worth of weapons to be utilized in Yemen. This is disgusting. This is where Trump goes wrong. Right, Trump campaigned on anti-war rhetoric. He campaigned on getting out of these conflicts. And, and yet, the dollar speaks louder than the character. It speaks louder than the virtues. And so this is, one of those, uh, this is one of those events where civil people will look at Trump and say, you are aiding and abetting genocide. You are a war criminal. You are a disgusting person for doing this. And they are not in the least bit wrong for taking that stance. The people that justify, the people that apologize, the people that try to figure out a way in order to swindle this event, in order to say Trump's not doing anything wrong because, oh, Obama did this before. Oh, because the petrodollar, because of the economy. No, no, no. You, we should be a much smarter country and be able to figure out a way that we can stop supporting an attempted genocide and if we really want to keep that relationship open then we should be able to work with them in order to stop that but we we flop on our backs lay belly up and just go whatever happens happens as long as we're going to make money off of this as long as we can tariff this as long as we can get involved we can make our money our businesses are happy who cares how many little boys and girls are being killed in schools and school buses hospitals and who cares about the humanitarian crisis let's forget about the sanctions that are being involved or being imposed preventing humanitarian aid food water and everything else being provided let's ignore all of that 
it really does speak to somebody's character when this is something that they can accept. And I've been I've been a, a vow or a loud and vocal opponent to the conflict between Saudi Arabia and Yemen, and I'm so, I am so disgusted at the fact that our government doesn't take the same side. All right, now that I've been outraged, now that I've got the blood boiling, now that I've got you guys all built up, let's go to a better side of of the world. Um, just north, just a little ways north of where we were just a second ago with Saudi Arabia and Yemen, you have the Ukraine. In the Ukraine, they just elected a comedian, somebody who was in in the the Hollywood sector of of Ukraine, somebody who gets in front of TV, and he was on one of the shows that he was on. He was actually was elected to be president, and uh, he he stirred up some some good eyes from that and from that publicity from that uh, situation. He actually became the president of the Ukraine, and his first act. I have to applaud this man. The first act that he took while in office, his first action will be to dissolve parliament, <laughs> fulfilling a campaign promise. Zelensky announced a snap election to choose new lawmakers. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem, Zelensky said in his inauguration speech, quoting Ronald Reagan, another actor-turned-president, from his 1981 inaugural address. As Zelensky dismissed the Supreme, Supreme Rada, he said the new national election will be held in two months and that politicians should use that time to prove their worth. He called on legislators to adopt anti-corruption laws, including measures that would strip legislators of their immunity from prosecution and increase transparency. This is what we need here in this country. We need somebody to step up and say, look, let's chop it all down. Let's, uh, let's start impeaching mofros. Let's start getting people out that have been proven to be corrupt, that have been utilizing the taxpayer dollar um, for, for their own slush funds for their own corrupt ideas that have been using the office with great malice. And let's actually make it to where people have to show their worth. The hard part about this, of course, is that we have our election process is not built up on who's the best candidate. Our election process is not built up on who knows the most about this information. Not about who follows the Constitution. Not about anything other than popularity contests. And while we talk about popularity contests, yes, there's more states that have signed on to the idea that a national popular vote is more important than their own state's people. I believe Nevada was the last one this week uh, to join in. They're nearing that 200 mark. 200 mark threshold. Once they get to that 270, that means that it will be a national vote uh, national public vote. So it doesn't matter what state you're in. It's all about that public. All about the strict, straight, and narrow democracy. So with that, though, over there in the Ukraine, popping out their old corruption and uh, bringing in new, putting more, more regulation, more control over the government officials. Sounds like a great idea. Sounds like something we need to implement here. Um, and certainly... The Convention of States, or, or commonly called the CONCON, they recently here in South Carolina created a big hubbub, but that is something that is being discussed about within the Convention of States. Article 5 of the Constitution coming together, having the states 
basically add amendments to the Constitution in order to rein in the powers. Um, we will get, I'm sure that we will get much further into that on Monday's night show. Um, I think that that would be a good topic to really to really get involved with on that one. And I would love to hear your guys' input because we will go through the actual specifics on that. Um, but congratulations to the comedian for getting elected to being president and for taking a good stand uh, against the atrocities that is the government. <clears throat> All right. What about ism is going to get us all killed? Bill Burr 2020. Oh, Bill Burr. Good move. Ukrainian elected a comedian who starred in a show about a comic guy who got elected to president. Amazing. <laughs> it's amazing what you could do. I mean, I mean, if we look at if we look at President Trump, right? It was just some guy that got involved with a lot of businesses because he had a lot of connections made um ran a couple TV shows and then from there ran a couple pageants. And then from there became president of the United States. Like the stories here are just, I wonder what it is about the 21st century. Um, but I, I think the situations are getting much more weird um, rather than normal. And uh, I don't know what normal is anymore. Right. Do, do we know what normal is? <laughs> what, what is going to be normal for the 2020? What is going to be normal for 2030? Um, I wonder, I wonder who's going to top the Trump. Because eventually it's going to happen. Who's going to top Trump on the most bombastic or the most outlandish thing that just comes from behind and just swings the election and, and you know, just leaves the media uh, aghast over what happened and, and just blow the minds of pundits and everything else? Because that was the same thing that happened here in the Ukraine. Um, just a, a crazy, crazy story. All right. That one covered, that one covered, that one. All right. You guys know what a tariff is? Of course you guys know what a tariff is. A tariff is a tax on the consumer. You the consumer. When Trump raises the taxes on China, that means that you, the consumer, when you buy goods, whether it's Chinese goods, you're going to pay that tariff. Or if you buy from American, um, now that they're more competitive, you're going to spend more in order to get the competitive uh, rates of, of the American product because it is more expensive on on a lot of the markets here as a result from that right when you have a lower supply because you cut off some of the supply by by artificially uh infringing upon the market the commerce and everything else through these tariffs um we can get into the to the intent there in a minute but when you get involved with that right you're reducing the supply and so therefore um na natural supply and demand curves what you're going to see is is a higher cost what happens from tariffs every time that they're implemented is that smaller businesses businesses that relied on that trade that was was cheaper at that point um these businesses start getting hurt they start getting affected right you have businesses that close down it's the same thing as when we raise minimum wage it's the same things when you raise what the uh benefits um required by the employer to the employee happen um there are just some companies, some some small businesses that are just on that cusp of of making it or or breaking it, and uh, it's it's the final kick off the ledge. It's the final <clears throat> final nail in the coffin for a lot of these. And so, President Trump has been doing tariff wars. He's been doing tariff wars, uh, or he was doing them with Canada, with Mexico, with with the UK, with uh, I believe with Germany, um, and then. <clears throat> 
And then China, of course. China has been the big one. Um, the intentions on this, if, you, if you're if you on the side of MAGA, if you're the side on the president, the intentions of this is that we're going to impose these tariffs. It's going to hurt the Chinese market enough to where the Chinese remove their tariffs and then America will remove theirs. Um, and so understanding what the tariff is, understanding the basis behind this, right? China raises tariffs, or, or sorry, initially President Trump raised tariffs, China raised tariffs. Trump raised tariffs, China raised tariffs. That's really complicated to say. And and as a result, what this is, is the American government punched their people in the face. Chinese government punched their people in the face. And you just had this punching match where just the consumers are just getting beaten to a pulp. Um, you know, our way of life has, has increased because of the tariffs and the way that they've been implemented. That... Eventually, this is going to be the betterment. Now, in order to help these markets, uh, President Trump has now done his second round. I believe this was only his second round. His second round of subsidies. He's got to subsidize those farmers. He's got to help them out. They've been negatively affected by these tariff wars by, by, uh, by too much. And so here comes government to solve the problem that government created. In order to help make sure that people can thrive and survive, and that is by taking your money. So not only have they artificially taken your money through the tariffs, but now they're going to take more and they're going to allocate money um, that they don't have to these farmers in order to help provide and to to protect you. So this is all with the best intentions, taxing, taxing, and then taking more from you. I, I don't see a win on this. This has been one of those things that I've been pretty adamant against the people on, on uh, Twitter and on Facebook. If you guys are following me there, uh, at Mr. Bearded Truth on Twitter, Facebook, you guys can just find me, Jason Lyon. Um, it, it, there's, there's just no, it's just nonsense to believe that these tariffs, um, that these tariff wars are going to end with different results than all of the other tariff wars in the in the, in the history of of ever, um, and and so the pushback is always, what do we do to stop these tariff wars? What do we do instead of these tariff wars? How do we solve it? Well, there's there's many issues that it comes with China, and China is not only have they been um, been found guilty of, of currency manipulation, not only are they stealing intellectual property. Not only are they um, subsidizing some of their markets in order to make their their uh, sales be more um, sought after by other markets or other countries, there, there's there's a bunch of things there, and certainly these are all issues. They're all issues because it's government involvement. It's it's you know it's bad contracts being written, contracts not being followed through. Sunlight is the best disinfectant, and so we push this. We allow this to go, and and we say, hey, hey, if you guys want to do business with China, you may not be able to get your product um, back, and you may have your your product stolen from you, right? They may steal your intellectual property. They may be able to replicate it. They may provide it at at a lower rate, and you may be helping out with your competition if you decide to go that way. Uh, If if something is subsidized, right? You go, hey, look, they're they're propping up this to where it's more more beneficial for you to buy it from them you're going to save money we can help out the small guys but the big guys you know you can you can try to encourage them other ways without doing the force of of going through these tariffs and causing more problems in this country um but 
But then apart from that, right, it, I don't think that it's and I understand that the constitutionality of tariffs is how the government was supposed to make their money. But it was not supposed to be in the way that they utilize tariffs in order to control the market. It was it was it was set up and the way that they've always were were utilized in the in the very beginning was to fund for the small amount of whatever it is that the government was spending, right? It was the, in order to help balance the budget. They would use, utilize tariffs. Um, whiskey, whiskey travelers or whiskey sellers were the first ones to be tariffed in this country. And, and so we've gone away from that. We've gone away from principles. We've gone away from, from a lot of, of the good ethics of what a government was supposed to do. And I think that this is, once again, one of those times where the intentions may be pure, the intentions may be good, but when you look at actual uh, involvement from the government, it's not about the intentions, it's about the actual outcome. And I don't, th I don't see this being more beneficial for the American people. Um, and I, I, this is one of those things where I really do genuinely hope that I'm wrong. All right. Great leader put tariffs on them Chinese's. That'll show them call me freeloaders. Wait, why is my beer koozie 10 bucks now? Exactly, exactly. All right. <clears throat> While we're talking about some things that I hope uh, that I'm wrong on, Julian Assange. It's uh, when Julian Assange was picked up when he was uh, handedly removed from the Ecuadorian uh, embassy. I made a comment very quickly. To make it known exactly what my thoughts and my intentions are. And my the basic premise of what I said was Julian Assange will either be executed or he will rot in a prison cell for the rest of his life. Alright, hold on. I before we get further into that, I do want to read, read Spike's comments because Spike is always on point with whenever he talks about economics. We'll talk about salmon later. Uh, tariffs are the belief, oddly enough, among Republicans that government should raise taxes on us to combat income inequality. Yep. U.S. manufacturing and exports are at an all-time high, but the pro-tariff people are mad that China's exports are going up faster. This is like when progressives get mad that Jeff Bezos is getting rich faster than most of us. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's really not much economic... Um, follow through or thought through when it comes to most portions of economics. Um, so anyways, back to Julian Assange. So I made it very clear that he was either a going to rot and sell for the rest of his life, or he was going to be executed. He is now being indicted on 17 charges with each one of those charges doing up to 10 years. max. Each one of those. So we're looking at two, up to 170 charges, and one of those charges happens to be espionage. Now, this would be the first time, the first time that a non-government agent, non-government entity, a non-government personnel of the United States American government would be having the Espionage Act being pushed against them. Now, of course, right, going through Julian Assange's history, the founder of WikiLeaks, Big, big big brain behind the WikiLeaks. Um, he is notorious for taking information that puts the eggs on the faces of all the governments out there. If you do something wrong, Julian Assange wants to get it and he wants to expose you for it. 
And when it comes to this, when it comes to this whole entire situation, Julian Assange, if you read the First Amendment of the American Constitution, the U.S. Constitution, it says the free press. The entire intent, the tenor of the First Amendment, the free press portion of it, was that if somebody was speaking ill of the government, you could not hold them accountable for it. That we the people, our rights to speak about the government are is much more important than the government's feelings getting hurt for having truth being spread about them. And to go after Julian Assange for what he did, it truly is an attack on journalism. It truly is an attack on the First Amendment. Now, the journalism claim, that's, that's something that we see from a lot of the, uh, the big government lovers on the right or on the left. And they say Julian Assange was not a journalist. He was not a journalist, and therefore the First Amendment does not apply. But when you look at the intent of the First Amendment, when you look at the way that it's, it's, it's structured and the entire premise of the Bill of Rights, this is the Bill of Rights does not be afforded to only the militia. It does, it's not afforded to just the bankers, not just the journalists. It's, it's for anyone and everyone. The entire premise of the Bill of Rights was a prevention of the government from being able to infringe upon the people. And notice I don't say the citizens. Notice I don't say the illegals. I don't say any of that. But the people, the judicial system, and the way that they structure, and the laws that they were supposed to create, were supposed to be prevented, to be uh, restrained or constrained to just what was enumerated within the Constitution and to go no further. So Julian Assange, he's not a journalist. doesn't matter. When, when people push that, what they're saying is, is that they would rather silence, they would rather have it to where you can't say things that uh, criticize or that um, open the transparency of the atrocities being committed by the government. And, and you shouldn't be able to do that because the government has determined that you or others are incapable or not supposed to be able to see the information that is so damning about them. And uh, so I wanted uh, Manning is still sitting in jail now too for not for not um, going in front of the grand jury in order to testify against Julian Assange. Um, the situation is just so incredibly grotesque, and and it's at a time where Donald Trump just tweeted last week that he was in fan of the First Amendment, that he was a, an advocate for it, and that, you know, these social media companies are silencing the First Amendment, and it's just like, there really is a tweet for everything when it comes to Trump, and this is one of those events where President Trump needs to come out and, and pardon Julian Assange. The big portions of when people have actual criticisms of Julian Assange so when he was working with Manning at the time, Bradley Manning, now Chelsea Manning, when he was working with Manning in order to collect the information, he had to help Manning hack into, um, by utilizing Linux, um, hack into a military intelligence computer in order to extract the information. That was one point in which people were saying, that's not okay, that's not accessible. 
or that's not acceptable. That's something that we can dispute. The other portion is the fact that once the information was released, there were innocent people that had their information provided, and so that put them at risk, as well as um, it, it released uh, movements, as well as positions of some uh, some military personnel and equipment. Both of those things are ethically wrong. We can agree on that. Um, but the problem becomes that no one's life was negatively altered by this. No one's actual physical being. No one was killed. No one was harmed. No one was hurt. The only thing that was hurt were the feelings of the government. So, um, Bill of Rights for Americans, it's our rights. Assange is not American. Obviously, don't agree with him facing death penalty. Um, the Bill of Rights was ruled by SCOTUS to be universally applicable. Absolutely. Wow, okay, well, that makes my applicable. Sorry for reading it. Um, but no, you, you ask a good question, right? That there, There's many... Um, I would rather you ask the question because there may be other people that have that same question. The Bill of Rights purports that acknowledgement of rights that all people are endowed by their creator as per the Declaration of Independence. Truth. True facts. Doesn't stop the government from violating them, though. Exactly. And like I said, we'll get into the Convention of States uh, on Monday. We'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, so with this, the, really, there's those two points, right? The way that the information was collected and the information was distributed without redacting innocent people. Um, the first one, I'm torn on. I'm genuinely torn on. Is it worth 170 years? Absolutely not. Uh, the second one, it, 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 potentially there could have been bad things, right? This this goes back to the uh, Las Vegas shooting, right? When Hillary Clinton goes, imagine if he had a suppressor, as if suppressors really make it quieter, right? But but when you go, well, potentially there could have been more damage done, right? Then you're just trying to justify a more harsh punishment rather than the actual act and and the results of those acts and the way that they they um, they happened and they occurred. Oh, good old Spooner. So, Julian Assange, up to 170 years. President Trump says he supports the First Amendment, but we have not seen the pardon yet, so we will see. We will see if President Trump really does support the First Amendment or if he would rather hide up and cover the atrocities of the government by setting a precedent that you shall not speak against the government unless you want to be. We progress on to more President Trump news. President Trump made a strong, bold move when it comes to Democrats. So earlier in this week, they the Democrats wanted to sit down and talk about infrastructure. But before they could do that, Nancy Pelosi had to suck on her teeth in front of the media. She had to say that because of the investigation, the Mueller investigation didn't provide them with the results that they wanted to. Because Trump has not rolled over and just resigned. Because they cannot go through the impeachment process because it would be destructive to the parties and to, to America. Because there's nothing that they can do. That President Trump must have been doing a cover-up. 
President Trump is doing a cover-up by releasing more information than was required to him, never utilizing presidential privilege in order to classify information and prevent even Robert Mueller from seeing it himself. The man who was extremely transparent during this entire investigation, the 22-month investigation that found out that President Trump did not collude with the Russians. He is now being charged with covering it up. So, so she says this, and then they go to sit down. Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and President Trump. <laughs> She's spry for four. Um, they all sit down to talk about infrastructure, and President Trump sits down and says, you guys got two choices. You can't go down two paths. You, we can't trust you to walk and chew bubblegum. We can't trust you to 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 be honest and, and to, to uphold your oaths. We can't trust you as far as we can throw your dentures, Nancy Pelosi, and nobody's picking those things up. So you're either going to have to choose between this infrastructure bill, which I have... I, President Trump, have endorsed and, and advocated for $2 trillion of money that we don't have to be spent to fix the roads because my roads arguments are not doing so well across this country. Because when the roads aren't doing well and the people who claim my roads point at the roads and people say, yeah, they're crappy, Domino's is taking care of them better than the government, then we lose supporters of who we are. So $2 trillion sounds like a good time, sounds like a good deal. If you want to make that deal, if you want to make that deal, then you have to quit these investigations. You have to stop. You got to stop going down these rabbit holes. We've been through multiple investigations. You guys have found nothing. I've been transparent. I've been helpful. And for you to come up and accuse me of covering up uh, you're going to have to end these now. End these now and you can have your $2 trillion. If not, we're walking away. And walk away he did. And so Nancy Pelosi comes out and she's like, I don't understand why he was so upset. I don't understand why he walked away. I can't imagine him not being okay with me making bombastic remarks about him. So... If you guys want to give me a clue, I'll take the clue. But until then, I have no, no idea whatsoever. Just to show you how stupid some of the Democrats can be. And, and so beautiful seeing Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi for, for the next two years. Fantastic time there for the House. We will see if she maintains control in 2020. Something that was pointed out to me, Republicans are not campaigning on taking back the House, maintaining the Senate. There, there hasn't been really big a hubbub for Republicans out there nationwide um, about being filled with vigor, about getting more control. Um, I think I've seen more rhetoric coming from President Trump than, than from uh, the Republican uh, members. But Democrats are, are campaigning hard right now. And so there's, there's Republicans got to step up if they want to they maintain. What we talk about maintaining. I'm going to read the comment section real quick and then we'll move on. Oh, no, don't have much for it. I'm dying. Don't mark, don't die. Uh, <laughs> I, know, I know when that was commented. Um, so today 
we had something that passed by the uh, teeth sucking Nancy Pelosi there in the house. Something that passed. HR5. This is called the Equality Act. Now, what does the Equality Act mean? What is that actually doing? Well, it makes it to where everybody is equal, of course. It means that nobody can be discriminated against. What it used to be was you can't be discriminated by your nation of origin. You can't be discriminated um, by your gender. You can't be discriminated for your religious preferences. And and what the Equality Act is doing is opening opening that up. We got to We got to There's more people out there than 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 what falls into that category. And so two things that they wanted to add. The two different um, things that they had to add was around sex, and that is including sexual orientation. So if you're gay, you're bi, you're straight, you're asexual, you're pansexual, you're, oh man, so many different titles. There's there's literally more sexual orientations than letters in the LGBTQIAP or II or IAAIP2+. I think I got that. There's more there's more sexual orientations than that. So they're going to have to expand that out here soon. Um so sexual orientation and then gender identity. Gender identity. Um, what does gender identity mean? It means that if you identify as a male, you're a male. If you identify as a female, you're a female. Does it require surgery? Of course not. Does it require actual any fundamental changes to you, to your biological being, to your chromosomes, to your DNA structure, to your sexual organs, to the clothing that you wear, to anything other than the fact that you said that you identify a different way? No. You just got to identify. That's fine. That's fine. I have no problem with transitioning. I have no problem with with gender dysphoria. I have no problem with people wanting to to uh, transition. The problem with this, right, is not that they're saying you can't discriminate because somebody is uh, of different gender than what they say. Was that this actually is is a pointed argument in order to um, basically make every single woman record in any sporting event be null and void. And destroyed, just just demolished. What we've seen in the news lately um, around the country within the last couple of months is we've seen uh, transgender, that's male to female uh, trans people that are dominating in the wrestling. They're dominating in MMA. They're dominating in weightlifting. They're dominating in sprinting. They're dominating in hurdles. They're dominating in javelin throw. They're dominating in discus. They're dominating in, in, in every single category out there because this may be news to some of us, and this may be maybe common sense. Men and women are very physically different. Men tend to be a little bit stronger, tend to be a little bit faster, tend to be able to uh they tend to handle physical interactions uh much differently than what women do and as these men to female trans people are getting involved in these sporting events they're just blowing out the records they're destroying them they're they're demolishing them and comparatively to men they wouldn't even be placing on the podium so this equality act is actually making it to where we'll be making it to where in the schools and public schools and all these events that you can't say look you got a tally whacker bro uh you gotta play with the boys you can't you can't separate people based on what their biological um systems are but instead you have to keep them by their gender identity so 
I, I, the question is, is where are the feminists? Where, where are the feminists on this topic? Where, where is it that women who stand up and say women are different than men, that women are, should be given equal opportunities than men, that should be treated equally with men, and that there are differences between us, and the, so therefore we're okay with segregation when it comes to sporting events or when it comes to certain events, we're okay with that. But when it comes to things that are not gender specific, where it's not a competition um, between two teams or or multiple entities, then give me the same opportunity. Where are those feminists? Because right now they're being silenced because they're on the they're typically on the left, and the left says you told the lines, and you have to accept this as as somehow a much better situation. I I used to enjoy looking at sporting events. I used to enjoy that. That was a big part of my life growing up, uh, watching ESPN. And it it really does feel like everything that the left touches, it ruins. Because now that they've gotten so involved and they're so, um, they're, they're, they've manipulated and destroyed the, uh, the sporting events with it. There's no reason to turn on the the women's basketball league. There's no there's no reason to pull on a lot of those because it's just not going to be as entertaining. It's going to be a blowout by by the team of trans, and everyone else is screwed. The women have been complaining for years, right? Whether it's the 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 girls soccer leagues, whether it's the basketball, whatever whatever sporting event it, it has been in this country, they've been complaining that they're not paid as much as the men. Now, of course, with the viewerships, with the sponsorships, and everything else. It, it, economically sound for them not to be making the same money um, because supply and demand. But with this, when you push this Equality Act, what you will see is the women being paid even less because there's going to be less sponsorship. There's going to be less viewership. And and it's only going to be a bunch of virtue signaling social justice warriors that are going to be pushing this notion that this is making sports better. Yeah. I'm I'm completely completely disheartened by this Equality Act. Um, now, as I said, it did pass the House, but that it I don't expect it to pass the 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 Senate, and I don't expect it to be passed um, or brought to the president's desk. I think that this is going to be one of those that uh, Mitch McConnell, cocaine Mitch, will be popping into his pocket and leaving it there for the pocket veto. <sighs> All right. <clears throat> It's a shame that AOC might ride to the presidency by shaming cauliflower. <laughs> if you guys missed that reference, uh, AOC had a couple videos. There was a couple trolls and a couple real videos from AOC. One of the things was cauliflower. Cauliflower is colonization. It's racist. Disgusting. We need to bring foods from Africa. Bring that in in plant them here and have them grow despite the fact that the environmental differences despite the fact that the the culture and and everything else for these plants would not be sustainable for the plants it would be much too cold up in the northern areas where AOC wants to implement this but having cauliflower is racist all right guys just racist get that stuff out of here i'm the strongest woman in the world well you're a dude so <laughs> 
Second wave feminists are outraged about biological males competing as females. Third wave feminists are outraged as second wave feminists. Yes, second wave feminism and first wave feminism, the only two good femi waves of feminism. Now that we're in the fourth wave of feminism, which is mostly uh, internet-based feminism, it's just screeching, painting, and saying, is this a violation of women's rights? No, that's a spoon. Is this one? It's a fork. Like... Stop trying to find it. Third wave is pretty bad. Fourth wave is, is just nonsensical. It, it's just like when you watch a, a, a movie that's got like a trilogy or, or four four movies, right? You watch the first one. It's pretty good. You watch the second one. It's like, all right, that's com competitive with the first one. It might be better. It might be worse for, for whatever criteria. You get to the third one. You're like, you're just trying way too hard now. You just, you're, you're really milking us. You get the fourth one. It's just like nobody's paying attention anymore. And I think that's the best way of breaking down the, the different waves of feminism. It is just a, a four series of movies. And you know the fourth one is not, not worth it to, to be getting on to. <coughs> Pardon me. I should have grabbed the water. But nonetheless. All right. I'm going to save the Justin Amash because we are, we are running, running a little bit long today. I'm going to save the Justin Amash. We'll cover that one on Monday. There's a lot to talk about. we got to talk about Justin Amash and his stances, his tweets. Uh, he had two big tweet storms. Both of those need to get dis dissected and torn apart. Um, and then uh, we're also going to talk about Rand Paul and other people within the liberty movement um, because their opinions are much more important than Democrats, Republicans, etc. Um, so we'll cover all of that. And then we'll also, of course, cover Trump and his views on this. Um, of course, fits into a tweet but we'll cover all of that on monday along with the um the convention of states so the last big thing that i wanted to get into this has been the big hubbub this is what's gotten everybody extremely outraged and just so upset feelings are hurt around the country over this alabama this missouri this ohio whatever state that is pushing these uh pro-life bills the cutting off at eight weeks bills um that has been stirring spurring people up and and making people extremely upset for example here in missouri you guys are, are more than free to call in as well i've got the phone call line in call in line up uh 802-671-5328 feel free to call in guys um while i'm covering this you guys are more than welcome to Chime in with your thoughts, your opinions, your views on the abortion, uh, pro-life discussion, the pro-choice, the pro-life, how that all is going to interact. Um, but in the interim, I will continue on. So the in Missouri today, the governor has signed, in, signed a bill into effect. This one is going to have an eight-week cutoff, and this includes, this includes rape and incest. So I want to break down those two things, right? Rape. Rape is a horrible situation. It's egregious. It's it, it, it's something that, you know, I, I'm okay with castrating. I'm okay with, with taking the life of somebody who violently rapes another. Um, after eight weeks, it takes if it takes you more than eight weeks to go get a Plan B bill, which is only effective for the first 20 or 48 to 72 hours, um, if, if, if it takes you longer than the... The 72 hours to get an abortion um, after being raped. I, I, I don't know why you wouldn't take that precaution 
begin with. Um, but you have eight weeks then to, to, to get tested. You're raped. I feel like there's a little bit of an incentive for you to go, should I get checked out? Should I get involved? So there's some personal responsibility there. Uh, but they, they, they say after eight weeks, even if you were raped, this is the cutoff point. For incest, the same thing. So if you're going to sleep with your brother, your cousin, your sister, your your father, your mother, your grandma, whoever it is, right? We're talking about Missouri here. Um, you have eight weeks to, to nip that in the bud as well. Hopefully, hopefully those are not mixed up where you're having incest rape. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of egregious things out there. Um, they, they cut it off at eight weeks. And the doctors will be facing criminal criminal charges for for going outside of those eight weeks and this would be five to 15 years in prison um but the women the mothers who would actually have the abortion committed on their their fetus um they would face no time there would be also exceptions for medical emergencies the risk of death or permanent physical injuries to a major bodily function of the pregnant woman would be a justification for um for a doctor to perform an abortion on them um, so, you know, there's there's going to be a process for that to to happen. Um, this has been one of those big point of contention bills. This has been something that um, Republicans look at it and they go, well, whether I agree with it or disagree, this is just to push the issue on Roe versus Wade. Are we going to be able to overturn Roe versus Wade? Are we going to get the Supreme Court involved on this? How is this going to go through? We want to see this happen. And I think that once you get to that point where you're you you kind of accept anything and everything in order to push that agenda, push that narrative, um, you're going to have a lot of people disagree with it. I am the most pro-life person that can be. I believe life starts at conception. I'm very scientific when it comes to that. Um, scientists say that it starts at conception. I, be- I I agree with them and I believe with them. Um, so at that point, it, it's a life. I don't believe in, in taking the lives of others. I, I'm extremely pro-life. Um, I, I can't be more clear on this. Um, but when it comes to the government, this is where I get torn. I would much rather change the hearts and minds of people. I would rather change society by by actually making it to where people don't want to have abortion. Let's make the adoption process better. Let's make it to where the foster um, the foster family process is much better, and you don't have people like uh, Mrs. Smalls that we referenced earlier killing two year olds because uh, her father was. On those injecting the marijuana people. Um, let's fix that process. Let's fix that part of our society. Let's make it better. Um, let's actually reduce the incentive or the necessity for abortions. And let's, let's go down that path. The problem is, the problem when it comes to this is that there's so much ground that has to be figured out to be handled um, and to be controlled that it does seriously feel as if it's insurmountable. Um, it's not something that we can just will our way through and, and have these solutions. But I, I don't think that um, sitting here idly by while while millions of people are being killed, millions of lives are being taken by choices, by decisions, by convenience, or whatever the reason is, um, that that's not a reason or the I think that while that's occurring, that's a good enough reason for us to stand up and fight against that. Um, we have to we have to make this world a better place. And and sitting back and just pushing legislation that's going to cause people to put themselves in more harm 
um, cause people to flee the states that they live in, to cause people um, to fear for their lives, their jobs, their, their careers, and everything else. It really does seem, in my opinion, to go further than, than what should be expected. Um, <clears throat> it, it, we have to start changing the hearts and minds, and, and changing the laws is is just a way to create a bigger divide. We've we've seen this time and time again when the left pushes their laws, and so on this one, I I, I really genuinely uh, am not a fan of it. Um, I understand the intent, I under, understand the purpose of it. I just you guys know me. Um, but with that, it's I I really would like to see Roe versus Wade be turned away. Um, I would like to for it to be turned away in the in the sense that um the point of viability which wildly changes which varies based on where you're at at that very moment um because if you're in the middle of the woods of of Alaska the point of viability is basically after like 6 months right it's after 7 months and it's in the third trimester um but then you have more technological advanced areas um some of the bigger cities um where the point of viability there is actually reduced down into the fifth month. And so you have that very of, of point of viability. And so I don't think that necessarily the point of viability needs to be uh, a point of contention when abortion should be allowed or should be legal. And you can leave that up to the states. You can allow that, that decision, because it's not a constitutional thing, to be pushed back down to the states, allow the states to make their own decisions, and if the states want to throw a big hubbub because another state made a decision they didn't agree with, well, it's not your state. Suck it up, Buttercup. We can we can start we can start migrating as a country. Allow for some states to be more free. Allow some states to be more um, worried about uh, climate change. We can have some states more worried about Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, welfare, et cetera, et cetera. You can have some states that are more worried about immigration. You can have states that are just completely open borders and, and don't want people leaving. You can have these different experiments. You can allow them to, to survive and to do as they want. And, and when they crumble, when they fall, if the, gov- if the federal government's not there propping up one at the, at the destruction of another, then you live your own destiny. And I think that that would be a much better way. I think that was certainly within the, the intent of when the Constitution was uh, was uh, ratified and put into effect. And, and we've gone so far away from that. So push the Roe versus Wade. Push it down into the Tenth Amendment and say, look, it's not a constitutional thing. It's not there. Let the states decide. And then we can have our pro-life, pro-choice amongst our states, giving your states more authority um, giving them more power and where you have more control over your state. It's, it's better if you're, if you're a federalist. Um, it's much better that way. Um, while we're talking about this, Alabama, who really stirred the pot, really caused the big controversy, the Alabama one um, that passed last week, uh, that spurred up all of the Twitter hate. That spurred up all of the Facebook postings and, and friendships being divided and families um, being split up and, and dogs getting kicked and puppies getting punched. Um, Alabama passed their their abortion, anti-abortion bill as it's been labeled. 
And so over there in Colorado, Democratic Secretary of State Jenna Griswold was going to condemn um, Alabama. And, and so she was writing a travel ban preventing anyone from using public public money or public services from traveling from from Colorado to Alabama because of these this bill um she wanted to write a nice and well written well articulated and something that's going to hit home and so what she did was she had one of her staffers reach out to planned parenthood reaching out to planned parenthood she had uh, an agenda uh-oh No, we're good. Um, she had the agenda that she wanted to make the biggest impact that she could. So she wrote a first draft, gave it to Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood took it um, and said, look, you have right to choose in here. Let's, let's take that out. That doesn't poll very well. That doesn't get people excited. That doesn't get people. And so Planned Parenthood is able to manipulate and, and control the way that the government passes out the leg- or passes out information to the public. At the, if we just take it for what it is, a company that is being provided money by the public, by the federal government, and by state governments, um, is able to help write messaging to spur up as much emotion as possible uh, involving this abortion stuff. That's disgusting, right? Those on the left who oppose the NRA, and I'm right there with you opposing the NRA, they're negotiating our rights away. Um, if the NRA was was being utilized, or somebody reached out to the NRA in order to write pro-gun um, announcements, memos, discussions, or condemnations, you would still be hearing the left screeching about it years later. But for some reason, whenever you're going to utilize Planned Parenthood, that's ah, fine. We don't hold the same standard. I think that there's a fundamental issue there um, where the we already know that the government backs, supports, and is flexible when it comes to big corporations and, and bending over to help make sure that they keep their com- competitors down and to make sure that they can continue to be... Um, successful and everything else this is just another instance where they're doing exactly just that it also is of interest that jenna has received uh 1150 from emily's list which is a nationwide organization that is all about pro-abortion um and a thousand dollars from planned parenthood so there is some transactions going both ways um from planned parenthood the left who is against Everything that is involved with corporatism and corruption, they're okay with this because it goes along with their agenda. It just truly is remarkable um, just of how quick and how easy it is to get them to forego any value whatsoever. Um, Just disgusting stuff there. But with that, um, the... I want to. I want. I, I we went into the basis behind the abortion, and the basis behind the legislation and everything else. Um, 
the more that I've gotten involved with it, and I was I was pretty pro-choice. Um, I was fairly pro-choice. Just a matter of, of two years ago, three years ago maybe. Now that I've I've like thought everything through and as a secular argument for pro-life, that life should be protected and certainly if a government is to exist, then the government should be there protecting the life. It protects life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness or property. Um, that would be one of the roles is to prevent abortions from happening because it is life, as I said, scientifically annotated. Um, but the arguments for pro-choice, I'm, I'm struggling to find somebody out there that is actually going to have a rational um, discussion about the matter and be in favor of the abortions on I, I've I've been struggling to find that in in the common the common things that come from the the um, anti life or the pro choice side or the pro abortion side. A lot of these things are built up on misandry. They're built up on on being ambiguous as to when life begins, or saying that it's just a clump of cells. It's not a human. Um, quick quick couple ways to debunk that. It, it's not a human. Um, is it a dog? Is it a cat? It, it's it's a human. It's a part of the development of life. It's a normal process. It is it is a human. Well, it's not a life. Why isn't it a life? Well, because it hasn't gone out of the magical canal or the the magical vaginal canal. Um, because it doesn't have a heartbeat. Because it doesn't have a brain. Because it doesn't have memories. Because it doesn't have consciousness. Because it doesn't have, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um. If it doesn't have a heart, and if it doesn't, if it can't beat its own heart, um, people with pacemakers, they also don't have hearts. Can you stab them in the chest? Well, no, because they have consciousness. Okay, consciousness. So you have somebody who has a pacemaker that's in a coma. Can I stab him in the chest? No, 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 no because he he had memories or he has memories. Well, he does. He hasn't able to obtain them at that time. All of these arguments, you can you can take all the standards of what the pro-choice says. Or pro-choice arguments, and you can apply them to somebody who post going out of the vaginal canal, and you can find somebody, and you can go, "Can I stab them in the chest?" And, it, and sure enough, they're never okay with it. They're never okay with it. I think I've had one person who was just like, "Yeah, I don't care. I, I'm I'm pro death." And I was like, "I appreciate you for your honesty, but that's ugh, ugh." I would love. I would love for if 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 you're listening this um, on replay or if you're listening to this on the podcast, if you found somebody that you think gives a really good pro-choice argument, very intellectually and logically sound argument for this, um, please do reach out to me. I would love to have a conversation with them or or share out their information, challenge my own views. Um, I think that that would be beneficial in the long run. I'm I'm here to challenge. I'm here to be challenged. And I want to challenge you guys on things that we may disagree with. And that's the entire purpose of this, right? To change the world by challenging the norm, the status quo, changing your status quo, changing your normal. And so I hope that with time, um, we're able to to continue to do that. Um, But with that, guys, I'm going to wrap up the show. Uh, It is Friday night, which means that we are wrapping up the show for the entire week. But we will be back on Monday night. With me, Miss Mark of the Bearded Truth, 
and then uh, we'll talk about the Convention of the States, and we'll talk about Justin Amash and that tweet storm, um, or those tweet storms. But then on Tuesday night, you got Money Waters of Freedom with Spike and Matt. Wednesday night, you've got Spike Cohen running the My Fellow Americans. Thursday night, Matt Wright with the Writer's Block. They both will have wonderful guests on, and so it'll it'll be a show you don't want to miss. And then, of course, wrapping up the, the week next Friday with myself. Um, but with that, guys, I'm going to let you guys go. Thank you guys for, for bearing with me through the through the episode. Hopefully, hopefully you guys got some new information out there. You got some new points of view. Um, I will see you guys on Monday night, 7 p.m. Eastern. I am Mr. America, the Bearded Truth, Jason Lyon. Do not drink and drive or ride with those who do. Your family, friends who care about you and love you deeply. And they want you guys to get back safe and sound. So I'll see you guys. Um, see you guys Monday night. Have a good one. Stay safe. And don't get banned on Facebook. Bye. Ha, ha, ha.